Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. It's time. It's time to have real, honest, open, difficult, and inspiring conversations. It's time for Love and Life on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media. So here we are in the second hour of Tuesday. And for those of you who are unaware or unfamiliar, what we do is we talk all things sports. Yes, we do. And with who better than than to do so than our guru? Our guru. Yes, yes, yes. Chris Murray is a radio personality, our very own, a beloved, beloved, beloved. He's a journalist and college professor with more than 30 years of experience. He's covered the Super Bowl, World Series, the NCAA tournament, the NBA playoffs, and World Championship boxing, as well as other sporting events. Currently, he hosts his own sports show on Saturdays right here on WURD, the Chris Murphy Report. Uh huh. And as our resident sports guru, he's agreed to visit with us on Tuesdays in the eight o'clock hour. Yes, he has to share all things sports. Family, I invite you to the conversation with none other than Chris Murray. Well, hello there. How are you? I am well. Can you hear me well? Can you hear me okay? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Well, man, it's a lot since we, because we weren't weren't together last week, were we? We were not. We were not. I know I was away from the family last week. Don't remind me, Chris. It breaks my heart. It hurts me. I miss everybody when I'm away. Well, I was hoping somebody, I, well, luckily my wife comforted me over the Ravens and whatnot, but I'm still mad. I'm still mad, but, you know, they, I, they, they lost that in themselves, but I'm kind of concerned about the Sixers and, oh. um, and I'm just, um, you know, Joel and B is going to be out for the next couple of months. And, and it's just, man, it, it's, how can I put it? I'm, you know, I if if the key to every Sixers season is for him to stay healthy. They mm-hmm. lost last night, and uh, I think last night Ty, Tyrese Maxey was six was six for sixteen last night, and uh, I I don't know he was six for sixteen, and he ended up with um, with fifteen points. And yes, he's gonna. I mean, he's not gonna. You know. He's not going to, you know, have bad games all the time, I can mm-hmm. tell you, but they need the big fella out there. And this has been the concern. This is why when the Sixers were winning earlier in earlier in the uh, in the season, you know, it, it's it looked nice and everything, but you kept what you kept wondering, when the shoes when is the shoe going to drop? Well, when is going when when is something going to happen to Joel Embiid? I and said, remember, I said he's not the whole team. I said that. I said my my concern is what happens, you know, when we don't have Joel Embiid in full effect. What happens? Because he's not the whole team. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. And they've won some games, but they, I mean, they, they've lost something like like five out of their last six games. I mean, they, they, won, in, they won on the road in Utah, which I thought, but, but then... You know, 
it, you're going to have to do something about, I mean, somebody's going to have to step up. One of the big men, I think Maxi, I think the Maxi is going to give you his best effort every night. Uh-huh, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. he's going to give you the best effort. You need Tobias Harris to kind of fill in that role. Kelly Oubre, you need, you need everybody all hands yeah. on deck. I was about to say, you need everybody to step up. <laughs> Everybody's got to step up for that team. And, uh, and I think, I mean, I think they're a good enough team. They got enough depth that they can, you know, get something, you know, get something on a roll. But, you know, right now it's going to be difficult. They're going to have to make that adjustment. Maybe Tyree, right? Tyree steps up, maybe somebody mm-hmm. in the middle, because right now every, all the defenses are going to go to Tyree's Maxi. Okay. Mm-hmm. He can't, you know, he can't necessarily hide if you don't have um, your big man in the low post. So from that standpoint, um, you need to, you need, they need to do something here. And uh, they, and they've got to make a move at the trade deadline. They've got to make a move. I don't know what, I don't now. I, I was thinking a good small forward who can shoot, shoot and play defense, but now you got to kind of weather the storm with Embiid out. And, um, and the thing about it, even if you get Embiid back, will he be a hundred percent? That's, See that's a, and, and the tor- torn meniscus is a no joke, man. Like, you you get those things. You got you're not. He may not be himself when he does come back. I mean, that's that's the only that's the only problem. You know, I hate I hate to be a pessimistic Philly sports fan, but it's 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 kind of like you know, come on, dude. You know, they, they they've got to figure out something. They have, may they may have to alter how they play the game. They're going to have to run. They're going to have to run up and down. They're going to be a good transition team, and they're going to have to play defense. They're going to have mm-hmm. to, you know, get get uh, offense off of their defense. And so they, you know, it, it, it's a lot. It's a lot that they are going to have to deal with with uh, Joel and beat out with this torn meniscus. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, he had he had successful surgery, but you know, you're going to have to. Yeah, as a matter of fact, that that, that you know that's just that that surgery they announced today, mm-hmm. and he'll be, you know, he'll be he'll be evaluated in four weeks. But he, you know, he could be sidelined up for up to two months, depending upon his, uh, you know, his, uh, you know, his his rehab and how he what the kind of work that he puts that he puts in, and so, you know. You know, he basically he was he he had soreness in his left knee in early January. So this this caught up to him. I mean, this was going to catch up to him at some point. And you know, a lot of times, a lot of times you have to. Sometimes you just have to rest it out. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you know, but at the well, same time, but he had, he needed surgery, so it's going to take him a couple of months. So we're in February. He's not going to be back until maybe the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It, and and like I, I said, there's no guarantees that the Sixers are going to have to uh, going to have to alter. They're going to have to alter how they approach things. And um, it, it's tough. We we Philly, Philly is having a tough time with their with with, with their sports <laughs> team right now. I mean, We've been having a tough time. Oh my goodness! So let me ask you this: with this this injury, what was it? His lateral meniscus, right? I think that's yeah. what they said. So, uh, just and I know neither one of us we're not in the the medical profession, but what do you think about him him being able to come back from this injury 
and being the same Joel Embiid um, that we're used I, to. I don't think I'm, I'm not optimistic about it at all mm-hmm. because, you know, he got hurt last year, but first last year came to the play. As a matter of fact, he missed the first, the first um, two games of the Boston series. And, and when the, I mean, the Sixers managed to win those games, a couple of wins to win a game. But when he's not at a hundred percent, they, yeah. you know, the, the Sixers are, are an ordinary team. They just, you know, you, you, I mean, but, but a lot of fans expect, I mean, a lot of fans kept calling my show and they, and, and they're saying, well, you know, all, and, jo, and Joel was having a monster year. He was having an MVP season mm-hmm. and now he's not going to be eligible because if you miss a certain amount of games in the NBA now, now exactly. they're going to basically say you're not eligible for the award. But then again, the best ability that a player has to have is availability. You got to be there. I say to my students all the time, don't miss class. Got to be available. <laughs> you know, like I say, that's the best ability you can have. I'll say that tomorrow in class. You, know? you will. I'm, you'll say that. <laughs> you can put that in your pocket for right now. You know, yeah, Chris, I'm put that uh, in my um, pocket right now. I'm going to I'm going to tease you for a moment. So I know, you know, we didn't have a conversation last week, but I do. You started tonight's conversation saying, you know, that you had to, to lick your wounds because of the, the loss, the Ravens loss. Normally, you know, we'll start the conversation. We'll talk about sports. We didn't even talk about the uh, we don't mean sports. We'll talk about football. We normally lead the conversation with football. I said, uh oh. Chris didn't even talk. You just said, Mm-mm, I had to lick my wounds. You know, my wife helped me get over it. And you went right into basketball. You said, we're not even going to talk about it. <laughs> we're not even, even going to touch that. I said, I'll, I'll deal with it, though. I'll deal with it, though. Because see, because see, the thing is, like, see, see, the thing is, Carol, the, the vibe on this show is so positive. Now I feel now I feel like I can talk about it. I feel uh, it's, it's therapeutic. Okay. <laughs> you know okay. I mean? It's very it's, it's therapeutic because I can talk about it now. You know, it's all love here. Come on now. I know. All love I know. If, if we can talk to our Dallas Cowboy fans, you know, you, then you know, it's all love here. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and the thing about it, you know, you know, the thing is, I, I, I felt bad for the Eagles when they were going through their situation. <laughs> And oh, I just felt like that I was painful. Felt like man, it, it was just it was it was terrible. And then the Ravens, how can I put it? Um, it's a combination of things. One, I think they there was it was a tough start to the game. The defense guys act together, and then the offense just went away from them themselves. They stopped running the ball. Uh, Lamar stopped doing his thing a little bit, and um, there was one play where the rookie receiver. You know, he caught a pass that put the Ravens at the uh, Chiefs' nine-yard line. And then all of a sudden, the kid decides to get up to taunt the other guy, threw the ball mm-hmm. in the guy's face or something like that. Refs call him for a 15-yard penalty. Still, the Ravens get back down there. You know, Lamar throws a pass to Zay Flowers. And what does he do at the one-yard line? Tries to reach the ball out and fumbles. And then I think Lamar Jackson... I think, you know, this is what I'm not in his head. I'm not, I'm not like a psychologist, (laughs) but I I cover sports and and I understand human nature. And the, the, the one pass he threw in a triple coverage, I think Lamar hears those voices in the back of his head that he has to win the big game in order to, to be a champion. 
And I think he kind of forced one in there. I think that it was just, I think that play was out of frustration. I think a lot of quarterbacks because, you know, he's going to hear, you know, because I know he heard it from Shannon Sharp and Stephen A and all mm. the pundits and all this other stuff. He heard, you know, he can't win the big, big game. But I always remember, but I, I reminded people that Peyton Manning was two and four in his first, for his first playoff games. And he eventually won a couple of Super Bowls. But the thing is, is that, you know, you, you, until, until, I mean, and he had, he had a great, he improved. He'll be the MVP. Lamar will be the MVP. And he had a, and he improved this year. But mm-hmm. you got to win the big game. I mean, it's something we complained about. Donovan McNabb, he couldn't win the big game. Well, supposedly he couldn't. I mean, couldn't win a big guy. He got to a Super Bowl and then, you know, didn't play well and, then, and play as well as he could have. But it's just that, you know, until you win one, you got the monkey on your back. I mean, and whatnot. You got that. You got to win. And you know, the coach, but I, I blame the coaches. The coaches, just like the Eagles coaches. I blame the coaches. Well, we've I, been I, saying that. We, we've been saying we've been saying that. The, we've said that the whole, been saying that the whole season. You brought up another bad memory that Donovan McNabb, when he... We love Donovan. We do love Donovan. But when he, when he did not deliver, we were all. I think we all. We were all. I mean, so we love Donovan now. Yes, we know. we yes we do we do. We love him but, now, but but on that day and, and, we and, were. And it wasn't entirely his fault, but you know when you don't win, and especially in this town, you know if you don't win the big one, I mean it's a shame that that we have it like that because there are a lot of great quarterbacks mm-hmm. who are in the Hall of Fame. That never won a Super Bowl, or the pro, the uh, late comedian Red Buttons never got a dinner, <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, and so from that standpoint, I mean, <laughs> but you got to win. I mean, and that's going to be the thing that Joel and B is going to be held to. You have to win a championship. You got to win. I mean, that's yeah. that's that's just the. I mean, last year, you know, last year at this time. Jail, we were getting, I was getting ready to get my plane tickets and, you know, I, I was trying to figure out what hats I'm going to wear. You, and, you know, oh, got my, I had all my bow ties and all this other <laughs> stuff because, you know, my friend was a buddy of mine named Daryl Orlando Ledbetter who works at the Atlantic Constitution. And, you know, he's, he wears the bow tie and the hats. We even took a picture together at the last <laughs> bowl and I was, and, and I was convinced the Eagles were going to win me. Jalen Hurts played a tremendous game. In that Super Bowl, but lost. He, and, yeah. and had they yeah. won the game, he would have been the MVP of that Super Bowl. I mean, which is why I think Jalen Hurts still has it in him. They got a new offensive coordinator, and they got to basically. And I think Jalen will work hard. It will work hard at it. But you know, when you get to that Super, it's hard to win. It's hard to yeah. win that Super Bowl. Okay, so to that point, you said, okay, so the Eagles have a new offensive coordinator, but do you think that was enough of a change? Because we, listen, we had some heartbreaking moments, <laughs> you know, these those the, the toward the end of um, the season. Do you think that was a big enough change? That was enough of a change to make the improvement we need to see happen? At this point, with the offense... I just think that the offense needs just to refocus on a few things. One, Jalen Hurts has to, they have to get him to recognize the blitz. Don't mm-hmm. sit him in the shotgun so much. Go under center because you can see the blitz is a lot better. You can see when they're coming and all that. Mm-hmm. He needs, they need to establish some type of, 
situation where he will study and see when blitzes are coming and make teams pay. And I uh-huh. think that um, it's the same thing. I think that they all need to just get back together, regroup, throw last year, throw, throw the 2023 season out as a, you know, as a fluke or as some kind uh-huh. of thing trying to, you know, just throw it as, <laughs> as a nightmare. As a nightmare. As a nightmare. Like, um, like, uh, like uh, oh, that was just a bad dream. We just got to get it together. Now, I, I mean, I'm just saying at the end of the day, they're going to have to flush it. I think Hurts, one thing I will say, see, I think the problem with Hurts again was, and I thought about this, mm-hmm. when Shane Steichen was the offensive coordinator, that was the first time in Hurts' career that he had a situation where he had, you know, two straight years of consistent coaching with an offensive coordinator. And so now he comes back this year having to adjust. I still thought at times he played well, but I, I don't know what that offensive coordinator, I don't know what Brian Johnson was thinking half the time. And some of the things that they just, they just need to, you know, just reel themselves in, mm-hmm. refocus, regroup, you know, work on some things, you know, look at some of the th- film from last year and say, we can improve this. The one thing I am certain of Jalen Hurts is that the guy has a tremendous work ethic. And I'm sure right now he's trying to figure it out. There was an article, it was an article in, um, in bleedinggreen.com. A friend of mine wrote the article basically say he talked to some guys about Jalen Hurts and that he, um, that he was kind of aloof this year. Maybe it was the money, but I think that somehow he's the type of, Jalen has always been the type of kid or a young man. I, I, I call people kids because I'm just I, a thousand years old. You are not. <laughs> I've walked the earth for many years. But, but, what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is that he has to just work. He's just got to, he's got to work. You know, he's the type of guy who's going to work hard and he's going to get himself together. And I think nobody is more embarrassed about the year than he is. I think he needs to get back with his teammates, whatever, you know, what, what, however standoff or standoffish or whatever happened. And although yeah. in that story, you know, the reporter basically said that he was the least of the team's problems, but it's just some things he has to adjust. And he had people, to heal too. Adjusted him last year. Huh? He needed time to heal as well. I'm sorry for having interjected, but he needed to heal too. He you needed. He needed substantial time to heal from the injuries that he had that he did not get. So uh, I think that's a, a factor, too, that we, you know, we didn't take into consideration. Yeah. Family, hey there. We're going to take a commercial break in this moment right now. But stay with us because we are coming right back. You're listening to Love and Life with Carol Riddick on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media. back. Hey there, family. Welcome back to Love and Life with Carol Riddick right here on WURD. Family, I see your comments and I'm going to share some of them. Uh, Joey Dixon is checking in. Hello there, Joey. He's sending one love and jazz to the entire family. Um, 
Malcolm shares our Philly sports teams need a break. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, they, yeah. How about that? Baseball's coming up, though. How about that? Harold says that's right, and I know this is in uh, response to the comment that I made. And you know, we we talk. It's all love here. It's all love here. He said, here we are. We are here. Go Cowboys. Harold, you know, I'm going to beat you with a wet noodle. You know know that I am. (laughs) And Malcolm is sharing. Well, he's sending you condolences, Chris. He shares that he saw that Ravens game and it was a heartbreaker. Yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> my cousin Sherry, hey cuz. She's sending some love. She shares that I just wanted to say that I love, love, love this segment with Chris Murray. Thank you, Chris. You are the Thank best. Thank you so much. That is so sweet of your cousin. Really, <laughs> she really loves really nice. <laughs> you know. And oh, she has a question. She asks, what about the commercials? Many say that you have to win a Super Bowl to get a commercial. She writes that she's seen a few players that did not win and they have a commercial. I mean, yeah, it it depends on your personality, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it depends. Some guys, some guys are better suited for the camera and whatnot. You know, some guys are, you know, well, some guys are just very suited, like me, for example. Um, you know, some guys, some guys are very, very, you know, suited for that, and some guys Mm -hmm. aren't. And um, like like Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield has, you know, has maybe one or two playoff wins in his career. And you remember those commercials where he, you know, he had he did all these got his all these progressive commercials and all that. And he hadn't won anything. So anybody can, you know, like I say, you just got to have the personality. You know, some guys are just good at at being personalities. Well, how about that? How about that? Oh, well, how about. Eric has a question. Eric shares, hello, Master Murray. Welcome back. He shares that the FIFA match schedule has the green light for 2026. It's two years away, but do you have any thoughts of attending and covering the World Cup? I, I would like to because there's a guy on France uh, that I really like, that I just like, you know, I'm, I'm like a fan. Uh, a guy named Mbappe. In mm. the last World Cup, it was probably one of the greatest sporting events I've seen, the greatest individual performances um, that I've seen in sports next to Tom Brady's 505 yards against the Eagles, and the Eagles won. But Mbappe scored three goals in the second half. He had a hat trick, and Todd Deck, because it looked like Argentina was going to just win going away. It's just mm. that the French couldn't win their penalty kicks and we couldn't kept missing penalty kicks. I love to cover that guy and whatnot. Mm. I I would like to cover that sport just because I don't get a chance to do it a lot. And I would like to cover, you know, just to cover the sport because this it's a popular international sport and it's played by, by, you know, a lot of African-Americans or Afro-Caribbean people and people from Africa play the sport. And, and I think it's a good, I, I think it's a sport that, you know, it's, it's, it generates excitement all over the world. And I've always, I always liked the personalities. I mean, and the one thing I, I, I have learned about myself over the years, I love a good competition. Mm-hmm. And if it's World <laughs> Cup soccer or if it's the, and, and, and uh, Eric knows this, the UEFA Cup and everything, I've seen bits and pieces and it's compelling theater. I mean, that's the thing. And I, w- I would love to be there. I would love to be there at an international event. 
And the weird, the weird part about I would love to do more like like soccer. I love track and field. I would love to if, if, ah. if, if one of my favorite media outlets would would pay me to go to Paris this summer to <laughs> to to cover the Olympics and cover because there's one story I'm interested in is Shakari Richardson. So, but we track, all are. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, but for soccer or for world world football, and I'll say and and. What I'm going to start doing, I'm going to start stop being the ugly American, and it's called world football because everybody mm-hmm. calls it football around the world. I and mean, we have American football. I like to try to start making that that mm-hmm. distinction because I don't want to be, you know, the 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 ugly of the or the ugly sort of provincial American that just sees things. I mean, there are some great athletes around the world that play that sport. And mm-hmm. I think those guys should be recognized. And there's some some players that that play the sport here that I think you know will ultimately get recognized. So everybody has challenged me, and it's a good challenge to start covering covering that sport because this, like I said, I, I covered it. I covered that sport at every level, but the professional level. I covered high school soccer, college soccer, and all that. So you know, well, I, I and know the thing that. is, it's not a hard sport to understand. But it's also a lot of strategy. Sometimes you can still lose and outplay your opponent. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I would definitely love to cover it. So, you know, why not, though? Why not? Why not? Why not? And uh, Eric has a response to the player about which you spoke. He shares that, yes, he is amazing to watch. I don't even know if he's human. <laughs> That's what he shares. Um, and Bobby's a bad man. Uh, Malcolm shares the Eagles have a Tide commercial. Fletcher Cox and Jason Kelsey. Okay, <laughs> and he shares I, I, that. I saw that. You saw I, that. I saw, yeah, yeah, he, he shares that. that. Those guys were in the were in the washing machine. Yes, it, it's crazy. It's a crazy. I don't know who comes up with these ideas, but um, well, better yet, how they sell these ideas, like how they get everybody to to agree to these ideas. And any event, Malcolm also shares that Jalen Hurt was uh, much more hurt than he let on. I, I'm in agreement. Yeah, I'm in agreement I would with, agree that. with that. And I think yeah, he was a lot more hurt than he, he was. was a, absolutely, he was. Absolutely, he was. Like I said, he didn't have you know enough time to heal from his injuries. Nick um, has a comment from one of our callers. Hey there, Nick. He has a call, uh, comment to share with us from one of our callers. Hey, Carol. Hey, Chris. Uh, thanks for giving me a moment here. Yeah, we just had a caller who who mentioned that. Uh, they think that Jalen Hurts should be allowed to uh, choose the plays or call the plays. You know, they should have more confidence mm-hmm. in him as a player. Um, they, that, the caller believes that, that Jalen Hurts should have pretty much complete control over this team or, or what happens on the field, I should say. You know, we should have that confidence in him. I, I think he should. I think he should have that, you know, because – it was like last year they stopped going over the middle of the, on certain plays and they just, it seemed like when uh, the teams rushed up the middle, he kept move, maneuvering to the side and maybe he could have mm-hmm. run, he could have run outrun the, uh, the defense a little bit more. But I do think one of the things I like to see them do and, and is, is basically utilize the backs, you know, Utilize mm-hmm. if you can't find it mm-hmm. on the deep end. Stop, you know, you gotta you gotta check you gotta find a check down guy. You can't always force it down downfield. You, you you gotta, you know, you gotta you know, you know, use um use uh, use DeAndre Swift's athleticism in the open field. Because one thing that I know about about good running backs, 
You but you get a you get the ball to a running back in the open field. A running back loves the open field. You know why? Because mm-hmm. you can maneuver around defenders. You can use your moves. You can go right through mm-hmm. them. You can you know you can do that you know that 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 shake thing and all that. And you can and you're much more. And I think uh, DeAndre Swift is much more dangerous in the open field because, like I say, he's faster than most dudes out there trying to trying to hit trying to hit him. And I think that that's that's the thing they've got to do that more. They got to get the they went away from the tight end last huh. year. They went away from the tight end. They used to do the tight end screens. They did the tight end plays a lot. I don't know what changed in that offense except that you know they've got to they've got to learn. And this is another thing they got to learn to make in game adjustments if they're doing one Oof. thing and you have to anticipate if they're doing one thing one way. Okay. Well, this is not working. Let's try this. Let's find some place. Let's find a way. Maybe the receiver does a double move. Maybe you break off the route and you hit the receiver in stride. I mean, I, I'm not X's and O's and those guys. I'm not going to, you know, you're not going to see me, you know, drawing up X's and O's in my house. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, <laughs> you, you, you're going to have to, you got to adjust. Yeah. You know, that's what, crucial. Yeah. You, you have to adjust in that game. Like, the one good positive thing from the Ravens game was that the defensive coordinator from the Ravens basically they shut they shut Mahomes and them out in the second half, and they didn't let them score you know for the entire second half. So kind of like what the Eagles did early in the season, only Jalen Hurts got got his team into the end zone. But the thing is, is that you got to make adjustments if they're going one way. Maybe you maybe you maybe you run the football. Or maybe you you do something that that's a little different. That that's the thing that when I look back on this team, is what, what I found unfathomable is that why didn't you adjust during if they're blitzing, adjust during the course of the game, figure out what they're doing, yeah. beat we, the blitz, boom. We kept I, saying I that, but you know also. To our caller's point, and I'm in agreement. I'm in I'm in full agreement with everything that you just said, Chris. But also, um, you know, we kept saying during the season as we were seeing things in real time, as we were seeing things happen in real time, we kept saying, "Okay, there's a disconnect. There's something going on here that you know they're not communicating, or they're at odds." And I think that's exactly what it was. They were at odds. I think now you all know I was not there, but it is my own personal opinion that that Jalen was probably, you know arguing the whole season to have his voice exercised more. And they were saying, no, you do this, you do this, you do this. I, I think that was, you know, the, the, the greater part of the reason for the Eagles demise in this season. I really do. I really do. I, I do want to, cause there's some things that I want to address. I'm looking at the time and there are like three things, Chris, that I want to talk with you about. Um, tonight. I do want to share Smitty is saying, Hey, Hey there, Smitty. That's John. Tom, um, so happy to have you join us. One of the things that I want to address is uh, the Eagles in Brazil and my cousin. She just asked the question before I could, you know, bro- uh, broach the subject. She asks, what about the Eagles to host the first NFL game in Brazil? Do you think they'll win? So I think they'll win. I think they'll win because they don't have to deal with Eagles fans. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I think I, I, the only thing that, that – um, and that's a, I think it's a great thing for the league to, to expand. Only thing I wish – like I said – I got. I got to hope that my that, that my that my media part, my media friends, <laughs> send a brother to Sao Paulo and whatnot. And no. I'll even take my wife with me too. 
Yeah, you what you said, and I'll even. You better, you better take the Mrs. <laughs> I'll even take her. What? You better take her. Heavens to yeah, Mercatrua. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take her because it'll be no fun without her. I, I you know, she she needs my quick wit in in in, in my knuckleheadism just to be out there. <laughs> but I need her support and I need her, you know, and all that. But I, I would love to go. In other words, I'm just saying, I you know, th- you know, this year had the Eagles made it. I wanted. I kind of wanted Denise to be with me to, you know, because Denise knows knows how to talk to the people about the other other aspects of the game, mm-hmm. although she knows the game a lot herself. I would love to have Denise come out with me, but I would love to be in Brazil. I would mm-hmm. love to be mm-hmm. in Sao Paulo and, mm-hmm. um, and go to the beaches and all that and mm-hmm. just have a good time because there are two things I love in the summertime. I love crabs and I love Beaches. I love beaches. Well, you've got some time. September 6th, it is. Uh, September 6th is the day of that game. So you've got some time. you got some time to make it happen. Okay. Um, it's almost time for us to go to commercial, but I do want to address Tony has a comment. Tony has a question, actually. Tony Brown, that is. He asks, has any Eagle player ever spoken out about police brutality in America? Malcolm Jenkins. And there you have it. And there you have it. Chris was ready for it. That question. Um, before we go to commercial break, I have one last question for you. So who are you seeing as the underdog in the upcoming Super Bowl? Uh, San Francisco. I think the Chiefs are going to win. Oh. You do? You do. Family, what do you think? What do you think? I want to know. Who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? You think that you think the Chiefs are going to win, huh? Okay. 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 All right. Well, family. While we're at commercial break, I'm going to check on our uh, socials because I want to see your response to that question, too. Who do you think is going to win this year's Super Bowl? Uh, the San Francisco 49ers or the Kansas City Chiefs? Who is going to be the underdog? Who, who is the underdog, rather? Who are you calling as the underdog and who do you think will win? Those are two questions I have for you. I'm checking our socials because I want to see uh, what you have to say. But in the meantime, we're going to take just a short commercial break. So stay with us, family, because we're coming right back. You're listening to Love and Life on WURD, progressive black talk media. I think I know. Hey there, family. We're back. Welcome back to Love and Life with Carol Riddick right here on WURD. So before the commercial break, I was asking what your thoughts are about this upcoming Super Bowl. I want to know um, who you see as the underdog. Who do you see the underdog being in this upcoming Super Bowl and who do you think is going to win? So <laughs> Malcolm shares with you, Chris, there is trouble in Brazil, especially for married men. Okay. He says, Denise might go upside your head. You might, you better be careful. You better be careful. Um, Sherry is sharing and I got it. Keep me focused. <laughs> <laughs> that's, right, that's right. Okay. Uh, Denise might say, uh, I don't think you're going to Brazil without me. So there might not be a consideration at all. That's true. Um, Sherry. Sherry shares that she's got the Chiefs, too. She thinks the Chiefs are going to win. And Tony shares Kansas Kansas City as the experience of the big game. And uh, their quarterback is like, fine wine, folks. Like, fine wine. All right. So <laughs> everybody's got uh, the Chiefs. Wow, everybody's got the Chiefs. So, okay, two things. Two things. One, Chris, um, what do you think about this whole... You mentioned Shannon Sharp earlier. 
And Shannon Sharp said on his Nightcap podcast, the one that he co-hosts with um, Chad Ochocinco, um, he was talking about the New York Times, how they began Black History Month by referring to <laughs> Travis Kelsey's haircut, the fade, <laughs> saying that he invented the fade haircut. <laughs> First of all, I'm, I'm offended by that. A lot of because, you know, before before I lost all my hair, I was well, the fade master. OK, I wore the fade. I'm going to tell you something. When Denise, when Denise first met me, I had a serious, funky, fresh fade, okay? My fade in, in the 80s, oh, my goodness. I, had, I mean, I was, about, I was about 50 pounds back then, but I had a serious, I had a serious funky, fresh fade. No one. I mean, I, 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 one of my boys in D.C. used to hook me up, Okay. And, and 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 you know Philly. As a matter of fact, when I was in school, we used to call Fade the Philly Fade. We used to call the Philly because <laughs> a lot of cats that I do were coming down to, to the DMV from Philly wearing that style. I was like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get me one and whatnot. And so I got. I mean, you know, it, it goes back to the New York. A lot of newspapers. You know, see, this is why you got to have the brothers and the sisters working well, at these newspapers. Listen, okay? look, how about this? Well, though, a lot of prominent um, black media commentators spoke out about this. Like everybody, as 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 we should have, quite honestly. First of all, it's insulting. It's it is it's insulting on so many levels, so so yeah. so many levels. But uh, listen, I don't want to take up the remainder of our time uh, talking about that. I did want to just mention that because I wanted to see, you know, what our thoughts were about that. I I just think it's a it's a disgrace, and it, and it is uh it's just a, a constant reminder of the country in which we live. Because to just come on, and and because we're still riding this whole Kelsey story with with the Travis and. Uh, you know, Taylor and all that, all of that, all of that mess. So in any event, that conversation that was, you know, for fun and entertainment, that's gone. I want to talk about you and your book. Okay. That's what okay. I want to talk about. This is my book. This is the name of the book. It's called First Draft, a First. collection of stories, collection of stories chronically race and sports, Greg, race, sports, and social justice in the 21st century. And I used the term first draft. I was talking to, you know, actually me and my, me and my, one of my colleagues at Bowie State. And, and I was telling, there was a, there's a part of my introduction where I say as journalists, we write the first draft of history. So during our, you know, I was, do, I was teaching at Temple and I, and I was looking, to, looking up stuff to, you know, from my class on sports and social justice. And I wrote a lot of stories from between my time at the Philadelphia Tribune, the Sunday Sun. I was always responding, you know, to things that were happening with African-Americans in sports. Mm-hmm. And I, it was it's a collection of all the stories that I've written, that I've talked about. Um, and, and the thing is, I'm going to I'm in the process. There, there's some updates that are going on with the books. I'm waiting for my publisher to send out some updates that I will be sending out. A, I do have a link if you want to go ahead and purchase the book. Uh, we do. Where can we find it, Chris? Okay. Um, it, 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 you can find it through, um, Linus Publishing. I just have to, I, I have to go somewhere to get to come up with them. I have, I go on my email to find the link and everything, but I'll be posting that soon on, you know, on, on URD and some other places because I just, like I said, it just came out last week and, and I started school. So I'm just trying to 
get myself ready and I'm trying to negotiate because I want to, I, I do, I would like to have, you know, some book signings and whatnot. And I really want yeah. people to take a look, take a gander at it. Cause this is like a collection of stories I've written over the years and things that I talk about things that I've written columns on about sports in the 20th century. It was all, it was also inspired by Bill Roden from the New York times who wrote mm. $40 million slaves. And one of his big, one of his big, his pet peeves in it was that athletes weren't speaking out on these things. This, he wrote his in 2006. I, I, in the last, um, last 10 years, I kind of chronicle athletes who were speaking out about Trayvon Martin and about mm. what happened in Ferguson and all that. And I've been kind of chronicling black athletes who, and I, and there's mostly commentary. It's my, it's my, it's my, you know, it's my, 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 uh, my opinion. And some, some of my listeners who've heard, who've heard me before on the radio talk about these things about how black coaches were treated, about, you know, um, I even, I even, I even uh, deal with the space for, for women and some LGBTQ, though I would like to write about women's athletes a little bit more. But for what I do have, you know, I was basically kind of chronicling the, the mindset, like in, in the one chapter that I did on, you know, dealing with women, LGBTQ situations was the fact that with women basketball, people as early in the century really wasn't taking women's basketball seriously. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, it was just, it was just a situation where, uh, and the thing is, I wish I would have, um, I was on Comcast back in 2006, 2007. I think it was when Don Imus came out with the whole nappy headed, you know what thing. Mm-hmm. And I, and I took on that guy, Jason Whitlock. And I basically said, you know, I mean, you know, some of the things that Imus said about about that Rutgers team, you know, that, I mean, that might've been C. Vivian Stringer's best coaching job. And, you know, and in that situation, you know, for him to say such things. And so it's about, it's a variety of things. You know, I talk a little bit about bigotry, the N word. I talk about um, empowerment. I, I, I wrote a column Chris, I want to interrupt you for one moment, one moment, because our family members want to know. I know the title of the book is First Draft, and you said that we could obtain it through Linus Publishing. Should we go is yes. there? Is it on their website or is there somewhere we can look? And in while you're looking for that, I'm going to take a caller. Uh, Mark is calling to join the conversation. Hey there, Mark. Thank you for calling. And hello. Hey there, Mark. Are you still there? Yes. Hi, thank you so much for calling. We've got just a few minutes left, but thank you for joining the conversation. Well, yeah, I've been to my opinion about the Super Bowl. I'm sorry, say that again. I just want to get my opinion about the Super Bowl. Oh, please, please, please yeah, do. We, can you see this? I think, in my opinion, I think Kansas City is the best team. I'm going to give it 24 17 KC. He said Kansas City. So you call, okay, can, everybody is, everybody got Kansas City. So, uh-huh. so the 49ers are the uh, underdog in this Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You, so you think they're going to blow them out or do you think it's going to be a good game? No, by seven points, 24, 17. Oh, by, oh you did see, see, I did not hear that. You, you said it so bad, yeah. Mark. I know, but I appreciate that. <laughs> I do appreciate that. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. You too. Thank you. Okay. So Mark is calling it. He said by seven points. You hear that? 24, 17. I mean, that was very specific. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a close game. I, I, I think 
that it's going to be a close game. I think Brock Purdy has something to do, has something to prove. And I think, but I think that, you know, I had to give Patrick Mahomes credit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we do. I have to grudgingly give him credit, but we do. Yeah, we he, do. He, he's, he's, he's been a great quarterback. And I just think at the end of the day, I just think at the end of the day, um, he is going to pull that pull that whole thing off. Yeah, I, and, think, he's, um, I think he is too. Chris, we need the we need the website. Oh, you need the web. Okay. Yeah, and, we okay. want to purchase your book. <laughs> okay. Here's what I'm going. He, okay, here is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go I'm, right now. I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna try to post the link in in the uh, conversation. In area. The show, okay, because you can't tell us the book is out. It's been out a week now. I mean, here here it is. Okay, Cheryl, thank you so much. Cheryl Mobley Stimson shares. Hire me as your publicist. Okay, LinusLearning.com. Okay, product okay. first draft, a collection of stories. Yes. She has shared the link with us on our, on socials. Um, Cheryl, thank you so much. I love Bug. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing that. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you so much, Cheryl. And like I said again, I will. I will Cheryl, Cheryl, Cheryl's one of my buddies, man. She's, <laughs> she's. I love know, Bug. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going and, to say, uh, and, and and like I say, you've got to keep go us posted on the book signing. Um, you would. That's what you have to do. Chris, because we want to know, you know, we support. Come on now. This is family. We listen. Oh, I know. Come I on, know. Chris. I just, it's just the fact that I'm, there, there was some updates I'm, I was trying to work on. And so I'm supposed to be getting some, some additional copies of the book. I got to talk to my publisher because it's like people are coming in and I'm just, it's all, it's overwhelming, but I'm going to, I'm going to get out. We're going to get out there. I'm gonna okay. try. I'm gonna strike while the iron's hot, hot, hot. Yes. Come on, now. You know, you now you know what we do. You know, you already know. Family supports family. Family. At to that point, Chris, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I miss the family when I'm away from you all. I keep saying it because I want you to know it and because I mean it. Okay. And I have missed our uh, sports updates. You know, last week I was like, ah. Ah, so in any event, Chris is always a pleasure. Always, 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 always a great pleasure. To be here. Always a pleasure to have you. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 